Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Wednesday. I am here. Gordon is not. His uh, his vacation continues on. He'll be back next Monday. We could play the game today, Austin. Austin, of course, uh, co-worker Horton is here today. Uh, Hello, employee number 34964. <laughs> certainly in Gordon's eyes. We could We could play the game. What do you think Gordon's doing today? Uh, you, okay, if, if I remember where he is correctly, which he doesn't like us to say on air, he's not in Hawaii, um, so I'll say he's, uh, on a boat somewhere. Someplace, uh, someplace tropical, someplace, uh, someplace, not Hawaii, someplace significantly warmer than here. Right, not Hawaii. Not, not there, no. No, but, uh, what, what's he doing right now, you think, sunning himself? Oh, that's so gross. I don't want to think. I don't want to think about Gordon in a tropical place, tooling around on. I was on, literally breathing exhaust ten minutes ago. I don't want to. Yeah, the air isn't terrific, is it? No, it, no, it's it's not terrific at the moment. Yeah, no. Some guy the, idling his twin engine diesel at the gas station. Kind of that fumy rain thing we have going on now is not is not all that terrific. Yeah, I got that. I thought uh, like a storm was supposed to push that stuff out. Seems to have just washed everything over with it. Just holds it in. Yeah. Well, we should have talked. What do you think Gordon's doing? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what Gordon does on vacation. That's why I think it's kind of an interesting topic. He he often comes home and says about you know he had a nice time and this and that, but he never. How many details does he actually give us? You know, not many. No. I, so it, some you know some like uh, treats that he bought at the airport and came you know thinking of us. <laughs> oh crud! I forgot. Stop at the dollar store here if you would. That's all right. It's a, the thought that counts. Right. Um. Do you think he makes any decisions on his vacations, oh, or is a, he just dragged along? That's a great point. Uh, I'm going to say no. I don't think he does. Not a chance. Make make a single decision. But I I, I bet he's the type down to his shirt. He's the type of guy who's fine with that. I think. You so. think so? Yeah. Uh-huh. He'd be lost without it. Uh, yeah, he would be like like not just lost, but like quite literally lost. You know what I mean? Like, like on wa- the verge of gone? Like wandering the street lost. <laughs> okay. Just, just, do you, can, can you take me home? Can, I don't know where that do is. You, but, do you know but, where I am? Could you take me there? 
Uh, can you call Bowler? I don't have his phone number. I've worked with him for 46 years, but I don't have his number. Somewhere. I'm staying somewhere on the island. Can you just, you know, I'm Gordon Monson, and if you if you ask a few folks around town, they're bound to tell you where I where I'm staying. Do you do you read the newspaper? I'll never forget years ago when I when I first started doing a show uh, with Gordon, kind of back at the old zone was was back in the pre Google Maps days. Really, certainly back pre when Gordon had anything uh, resembling a Google Maps. So so our pre remote routine, if we were somewhere where we had not been, was me somehow guiding Gordon in on the phone. And and if you think think about this for a second about our dear friend Gordon when he's asking about a movie character or something that he can't remember, you know, the, the guy in the, in the movie at the time and the, and, and the guy. And you have no idea. You're like, that's not, I mean, that's not a clue to anything, you know? Literally could be anybody. The, 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 the guy who wore, wore the pants in the movie. I mean, the, the, the dude. I'm trying to look back. Who is the player for the Warriors that I'm momentarily uh, not coming up with his name right now? Chris Gatling. No, no, no. The player back in the day. Oh, come on. This is crazy. Not, not I mean, just Bimbo Coles. <laughs> Mitch Richmond. No, come on. Who is it? I mean, maybe 10 years ago. Remember, what, you uh, tell I mean, me, oh, who's the player for the Warriors, you know, used to play for him. What kind of clue is that? I don't know. That's it. That's, that's our lives. That, that is it. So imagine that trying to ask you how to get to where he's going. I, I'm, on the, I'm on the road. I'm 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 on the road. Uh, so how do I from here? How do I how do I get to this place, Gordon? Where are you exactly? Uh, the road. Uh, you know the one. This is ridiculous. I mean, come on. Take ten minutes to figure out where he is and be like, dude, you you overshot it by about twenty five. You need to loop around and come on back. Now, there, there's a street sign and a, and a light here. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I usually park. Come on, Jake, you know. And now, thank goodness that uh, that he has his phone, which he can somewhat operate, which usually gets him gets him to the remote. So that is uh, that is nice. But that, that, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, what would what would Gordon do? You know, down in the tropics? Yeah, he'd be. You're right. He needs he needs people. He needs people to to say, hey, let's go get a snow cone. No, not let. It's we're going to get a snow cone. Put your shoes on. Yeah, there you go. Or shave ice, or whatever they call it over there on the islands. Do you think they do big business down there in shaved ice, or is that something that they just uh, pretend they like so that we hear by it? Uh, no, no, no. So shave ice on the islands, from what I could tell, is just something that they give the tourists mm-hmm. to that they can go home and say, "Did you the shave ice, bro?" Over there is just uh, like um, you haven't had a shaved ice till you've had it on Honolulu. It right, yes. Like, like when Gordon talks that, about his dipped ice cream cone on Catalina, as though no one else has it. Ever, yeah, right. And then that's specifically designed to remove the tourist from his dollar. Gordon's like, oh, the shave ice is just—it is good. I have had it. And you know you go you go to you go to touristy places you do touristy things hey whatever but don't you know don't come home and tell me like we found this fantastic secret local spot <laughs> no nobody else knows about it nobody we had to get two locals to refer us to it and uh, and we found it it's called Shave Ice it's unbelievable there's this place that they sell pancakes and breakfast food round the clock 
and it's called the International House of Pancakes. <laughs> Not the National House, but the International right. House mean, of Pancakes. We're overseas yeah. here. Yeah, right, exactly. On, so, on American soil I, uh, overseas. Whatever Gordon's doing, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure he's having a good time. Because, uh-huh. you know what, because cause Lisa is fun, I would guess that, that vacation Gordon is fun. Yeah, uh, Gordon's an easygoing guy. He'll go. He'll go with the flow. He might complain while he's going, but he'll go. He will. That's true. So we do miss Gordon today. We, yeah. we certainly do. Uh, we do have a lot to do today. We're going to talk uh, a lot of jazz basketball. Joining us at 3.30, Sarah Todd, who's the new beat reporter for the Deseret News uh, in town to cover the jazz. So we're looking forward to having her on uh, the show for the first time. However, I know she's been on your show, Austin. I know she came on uh, with DJ and PK as well as uh, her writing in the Des News is, is really, really good. So looking forward to her insight coming up at 3.30. So make sure and stay tuned for that. And then our good friend, David Locke, will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. I'm actually curious. Uh, I, I, I want to get uh, David's reaction to some of the things that Dennis Lindsay talked about on the show when he joined us yesterday, which, by the way, if you have not heard, is certainly in podcast form at 1280thezone.com or wherever you find your podcast. Uh, simply search out The Big Show. Uh, it is a game day as well. The Golden State Warriors tonight, Austin. And uh, we'll talk, uh, as I mentioned, a lot of jazz. How are you doing today? How was your show? How's Tony? Uh, Tony was fine. Tony was uh, in, a, in a great mood. Uh, Tony and I have both been running around the entire valley all day long today. I, I had to do the thing where I came, took my daughter to a babysitter, came into work, drove back home, watched her for a little bit, took her to another babysitter, came back to work. So it's been a wild day. Wow, that does sound... Uh, Almost brought her with me. That does sound hectic. Uh, it is... Uh, well, she could come. She could come hang out. Might You, yeah. you might have divided attention a little bit. Right. It's yeah. a bit of an issue. It, it is a bit of an issue. I, I'm producing the board, or the sound, editing things, calling people, talking with you, and then she's screaming. I don't... Yeah. She would be first. Uh, I will say this. So I have a two, almost two and a half year old in Austin. Uh, Harper's, what, little under a year behind me, or behind us. Behind You get what I'm saying. Right. Uh, and I, I do enjoy telling you what you can look forward to. And because uh, I'm going through it and I'm like, I've got to tell somebody about this. I'm going to tell Austin what's next, and which probably isn't great for you. But, hey, you know, it makes me feel better. So, okay, thanks, buddy. And, you know, I, I need some bad news in my life. But I'll tell you this. At some point, a little independence when she can go off and play a little bit and distract herself. Really nice. I'm actually glad to hear that. Really nice. How, how soon do you think I uh, am coming up on that? You're you're probably she'll be two in August. You're probably not that far behind. Oh, at least for it. at least for short periods of time. Uh, we got my daughter a, a, one of those play kitchens for Christmas. And, so did we. Uh, it, a great investment. That she she can hang out at that thing for a while. Can and when she? I mean a mi- while, of course, I'm talking like you know Days. three four minutes. Oh, uh, because. You, know, you don't leave her alone for days. We're, we're still dealing with a limited attention span here. But if you've got to, you know, duck into the other room to do something, she can be all right hanging out with that kitchen. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being able to go to the bathroom alone again. Yeah, right. At some point in my life. Exactly. You're not that far away. It's nice when it gets here. But I love her. She's cute. You know, you make me look like such a bad father, and we're not letting her, like, wander the neighborhood. She plays with her kitchen. She plays we, with her her mini mouse doll for a few minutes, and we can you know. We slip an know. iPhone in her pocket. We can track her. All right. <laughs> she gets same with than, Gordon. We have a we have an alarm that goes off if she's a block and a half away. We'll find her. Uh, 
Should we get to it? Should we talk some basketball, Austin? What sure, do you think? except now I'm picturing an a, a electric, uh, invisible fence shock collar. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> Could we get away with that? Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Utah Jazz, Dennis Lindsay. The team has been playing so well. How pleased are you with the progress that you're seeing on the floor? That's really all you can ask for, that the group improve. Quinn's doing a few things tactically different. Players are getting to know each other better. Now we're reintegrating Mike Conley. Those early returns have been terrific. And frankly, we just kind of got to put our head down, bow our neck, and continue to improve so we could start tackling the tougher part of the schedule that comes up over the next few weeks. That was Dennis Lindsay on the show yesterday, of course, Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations. Heck of a way to come back from a vacation right off the bat with Dennis yesterday, and he was uh, very good. Uh, tonight, the Jazz will take on the Golden State Warriors. The game will uh, tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage right here on the Jazz Radio Network begins at 7 Gordy Chiesa going to be in the house. So the coach is going to be here for a little pre-half and post. Always um, uh, look forward to when the coach can drop by. I uh, want to talk to you and, and include you in this conversation, of, of course, Austin. And it, if if uh, there are folks out there that want to interact with the show, they certainly can. We have the open mic. We have uh, Twitter at Jake Scott Zone, at Austin Horton, if, uh, if you want to weigh in on the conversation. But... I know I, I'm trying to the theme on the station for the past couple of days has been kind of is it OK to get excited about the jazz? Because let's face it, the last month has not been. I mean, they have played two teams over 500 and they've won. They've won both games and the Clippers are certainly, you know, nothing to sneeze at. And I think Indiana is really good. And they had some built-in disadvantages, I got it, but they also took it to the Jazz in Indianapolis uh, not that long ago. They're a good team, good win, I, I, I think. But the, the teams have not been terrific. But we always have to keep in mind, Austin, that this is the NBA. And teams with below 500 records still have players that are good and can go win NBA games. Think of an example of a, of a roster that doesn't. I mean, even less glamorous rosters uh, like, uh, like the Magic you know, have guys that can go out. You know, had an all-star last year in, in Fournier, right? They just beat the Lakers in L.A. not weeks ago. The the uh, the Wizards team that the Jazz beat had beaten something like the the Celtics, and I can't remember who the other two were. They, they'd beaten three legit teams in the Eastern Conference before they played the Jazz. The point being, to do what they've done over the last month, it can't be total smoke and mirrors. It's 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 a variety of things that we've discussed, but how real is it? And we're going to find out real quick. They've got uh, two games against the Mavericks coming up, two games against the Nuggets, two games against the Rockets. I mean, they've they've got teams that are going to to test them. So we're we're going to get the answer. But this is a a daily show, and folks out there are excited, and I th- I feel like they're looking for validation. But every time you try to have this conversation, it's well, but. So I want to know what's let's what's legit. Uh, I, I heard uh, I heard uh, DJ and PK talking about this uh, with um, uh, what's his name? Andy Bailey. Am I, am right. I, yeah, from, yeah. Uh, Bleacher from Bleacher Report this morning, who's who's always uh, a good listen, and and he thinks it's legit to think of them as as title contenders. You know, this season, this season, he thinks it, it's legitimate. The way the way that PK breaks it down uh, it makes some sense. Like if you put it in series, you know, would would you say that the Jazz would have no shot with the Lakers in a seven game series? No, no, 
or the Clippers. No, or, of course not. Or whoever, because those are the two best teams in the in the Western Conference. So if you can put some series together, of course. You know, it's what's nice, and I know this is the NBA, maybe not a popular opinion around the rest of the NBA, but it's what's nice about not having the Warriors be the Warriors. People have a chance. I remember when the Jazz uh, advanced past the Clippers, Austin, Gordon Hayward's last year, and uh, the Jazz overcame a bunch of stuff. Rudy Gobert got hurt in that series. All this great win over the Clippers. And then they get the Warriors. And it was just, well, that was fun. Try to make it five. <laughs> Try to make it right. I mean, it was, it was totally over. And that uh, and that's not fun, right? I mean, we're just the, the Jazz could be competitive with any team in the NBA. And if that is your definition of contender... Uh, or I know that I'm going to steal a Tony Parksism here, light contender. Yeah, but I, but pretender, light contender, contender. I mean, I get I get what Tony's getting at, right? I mean, maybe you're not calling him the odds-on favorite. Certainly not uh, to come out of the Western Conference. But why not think in those terms, especially now when the Jazz are red hot and coming off this stretch? Because there, I, I've I've got news for you. There are going to be other bumps in the road. There are going to be losses, you know, a couple losses in a row, two, three. I don't know if we're going to see something as disastrous and we could, if we really want to get the schedule breakdowning, which I don't want to do, we could go through and and look at it. But there's not going to be a stretch like they had with that five-game road trip where they lost four out of five and then they came home and got trounced by the Lakers. I think that's all in the the rearview mirror. And and they'll they'll have... Instance, I mean, they're not going to beat those those six games against those three teams that I mentioned. They're not going to win all six of those. You know, what would actually be good? Three and three? If you could split with those three teams? Yeah, be, the, given what they did recently, we right. live with three and three. Right, yeah. right. We That's fine. And then they have the potential of four and three or four and uh, two? Yeah, in fact, uh, as it sits right now, you're you're asking how legit it is and how legit I think it is. I'm predicting four and two. I think it's that legit. I think that it is that ready to cook. I think that Mike Conley has sat and watched and seen, okay, I don't have to do what I thought I was going to have to do. That's going to relieve a lot of pressure off his shoulders to not have to score 20 points a night and to just be able to do his thing. And no, this is not a super team. Right. We're all, I think, I think, uh, Jake, I think we're all used to, well, it's got to be a super team to have a legitimate shot because that's what it's been for the last six, seven years. Right. Got to have three all stars in your starting lineup. It's not that this year. Hmm. It isn't. It can be, and Tony used what I thought was a great example today the 2014 San Antonio Spurs, Tim Duncan was on his way out a bit. Kawhi Leonard was certainly the best player, won the series MVP, but it was a bunch of role guys that when they went to the bench, that guy did what he was supposed to do and nothing more. And if they can do that, if everybody on this team could just do what they're asked to do, they can beat anybody in seven games. Don't plan the parade, but don't make any plans in June just yet. Roll. I hate you. (laughs) You want to do this alone? No, no. That's strike two. And I, I, I think you make a, a terrific point. I do think it depends a, a lot on Mike Conley. I think roll. Uh, thank you. You did that for yourself too. I'm, I'm proud of you. It's dumb. Uh, 
it is dumb, but it is immediately <laughs> where my mind went. <laughs> like, roll, players. <laughs> but I think you make a terrific point. Because I think the season depends on that. Does Mike Conley come back and find a role on this team? Because it, it certainly is going to be different than the role he's ever had before, any role he's ever had before in his entire career, probably going back to when he was playing in junior high. And so... Does he not only accept that but thrive within it? I think a lot of the jazz potential and the stuff that we're talking about um, will uh, is possible. And in the past, I mean, or I mean, at the beginning of the season, I guess I'm talking about with a way that Mike Conley was fitting, it wasn't fitting, and it didn't go terribly. This isn't two years ago. Remember when the Jazz were nine games under five hundred, and and tank note was a thing on Twitter. Was that the "We'll be fine" tweet year from uh, Rudy Gobert? No, that oh from Rudy. He said "We'll be fine." Last year was Donovan's new year, new me. Right, right. But the this the one right. you're talking about was yeah. "We'll be fine," and the entire NBA laughed at him. So, and then they were fine. I know. People think back to the beginning of the year and go, well, man, the Jazz, it was rough. It's like, well, well they beat the Clippers, they beat the Bucks, and they really weren't before, below 500 ever. So let's hold the phone. But that, that's the point. It's because it's so much better now than it even was then. And you look at where they're at, they're, they're meeting expectations. And I get it that they weren't meeting expectations before, but they are now. And it allows fans to dream a little bit. And I get it. And I'm not trying to, to fan the flames here I'm or, you know puff up anything or but it's all right especially this point in the season where the jazz have been red hot it's all right to jump on board they're playing great and, and the potential of adding mike conley to it and even being better is absolutely real now it's up to mike and the coaching staff to make sure that they all achieve they're all going in the same direction and not, who has any reason to believe that that won't happen yeah 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 I, look in your day-to-day life in your budget be realistic in your uh, children's futures, be realistic. And how you treat uh, your your loved ones and neighbors, yes, be realistic and be be responsible. When it comes to your fandom, forget all that. Go crazy. Enjoy it. The Jazz, for once in the last what twenty years, have a uh, a chance to be in the conversation in the final days of June of the NBA season. There's a chance. It doesn't mean it's happening. It's not that Jake Scott or Gordon Monson or Austin Horton's telling you. I'll be shocked if it doesn't happen. That's not what we're saying. Well, it's what Gordon's saying. I saw him write a column about <laughs> it yeah, yeah. the other day. I, I, I wrote a column about this. In the, you can find it at the Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah. Uh, but th- enjoy it. Now, that doesn't mean just throw all caution to the wind and say, nope, Donovan Mitchell should be the MVP. Uh, Rudy Gobert should be the uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Royce O'Neal's the sixth man of the year. No, come on. Let's Now, Rudy's might be legitimate. But you get what I'm saying. I do. You don't have to just... It doesn't have to be one way or the other. You don't have to be responsible and look for all the negative to be a good fan. And you don't have to be... Don't look at anything negative and only be positive. So just enjoy this time when the Jazz are a, are a legitimate conversation for an NBA title. And there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. But I guess my entire point is I get it. Why not enjoy it? I'm with you. Water. What did water ever do to anybody? A lot of water. I don't know. Nourish us. Under the bridge means you've gone over, right? Enab- enable survival. Uh, right. So yeah. water's a good thing. Okay. Water's for washing blood off that uniform. Coming up next, <laughs> on that note, we're going to talk to Sarah Todd. She covers the jazz for the Deseret Roll. News. <laughs> That's what I thought of. 
Uh, she's coming up next. Uh, David Locke is going to join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. I do want to get into, and in fact, we will get into uh, what's going on with Boise State. And uh, they're getting into a little purse fight with the old Mountain West Conference. We're going to talk uh, to Dave Southrun about that of The Athletic coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And I wanted to get Dave on just because uh, I've seen a lot of Twitter fodder about this. And Cougar fans, of course, you know. Independence is a big story. A lot of people saying go back to the Mountain West Conference. I've seen a lot of Cougar fans today saying, is this what you want to go back to? So we'll see what's actually going on up there. We'll talk to Dave uh, from The Athletic coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Roll. This is DJ and PK. Royce O'Neal, Utah Jazzman. Because you got to this point through your edge by grinding and giving everything you have. So how do you make sure you don't take that approach, wow, I've arrived? Because in order for you to be successful individually, you still have to have that hunger. This is something I always grew up with, always having that chip on my shoulder, always wanting to get better every day, and then always thinking or having that mentality that there's always somebody that's trying to come for your spot. But I think just overall, I'll try to limit myself or challenge myself like that. As long as I keep developing, keep being the person that I am, feel like I'm going to get better. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is TLC. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. I, the way we came up with this, Austin and I were going, all right, let's, let's look for a band. And I said, we need somebody good. And I thought, or we somebody bad. And I, I went with TLC. It, it reminds me of junior high through high school, really. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like to me, which is just horrible. It's not good. No, it's not terrific. They can't... They, listen to her. She's got kind of the... Sounds like a robot. Waterfalls. Come on. Oh, they're not that bad, Austin. Let's not openly mock a, a fine, accomplished musical get group. so much love there's a sports tie-in, too. Uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez was Andre Risen's... I think they were married. And I think she burned down his house. Am I remembering? Yeah, that ended badly. Am I remembering that right, that she burned down his house? Was she in TLC? She was, yeah. All right, all right. She was the rapper one. She was the stable one, huh? Uh, no. No, I'm just kidding. No, and rest her soul, because she She's is, passed? She is since Oh, passed. well, here, right. Yeah. Now I'm a... All right. Well, she... she Having a good time, and you come in with a death dedication. Well, I mean, I just... Think I should acknowledge it, but uh, she did burn down his house. I mean, that's a that's a. Fact. I know. I remember that. I didn't know she had passed. That's how you know a relationship ended badly. That's a good sign. That's a good sign that uh, you know what this didn't end well. Uh, and it's not mutual either. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, but that's it. Yeah. Never is mutual, but definitely not that. Time. No, not that. Uh, all right, coming up here momentarily, we're going to talk to Sarah Todd. She covers the jazz for the Deseret News, and uh, in fact, just published right before we're going to have her on uh, an article at uh, at Deseret.com talking about Alec Burks and his opportunity with the Golden State Warriors. So we'll ask uh, we'll ask Sarah about that. But uh, good story 
uh, about Alec. And one thing, so I know a lot of people are taking pleasure in Golden State being crappy and, you know, losing their, you know, three out of their big four or whatever, uh, two of which to injury, obviously. And uh, no one feels bad for the Warriors, and certainly I don't. But one thing with the Warriors is they're totally uh, hard capped out, basically. So, you you know, they can, they're giving players opportunities to play that might not otherwise get those. And and sometimes, obviously, you see those on the worst teams in the league, and Golden State is no different. And and one player who's getting another very good opportunity is Alec Burks. And uh, in fact, let's uh, let's do it right now. Let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line, lease any phone, and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. She writes for the Deseret News. She is Sarah Todd with us here on the big show. First of all, Sarah, hi. Thank you very much for doing the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. You bet. And I was just kind of introing your your piece on Alec Burks, and I, I'm glad you wrote it because uh, covering him for his entire career before he left, obviously, uh, he's he's not uh, a real extroverted guy, but he's a really good guy, and he had some hard luck in his career. And I, for one, am excited to see him get an opportunity with Golden State. But tell us a little bit about your piece. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the premise of it, which is in the first paragraph, is that guys who have injury-plagued careers is not something new. That We see it in the NBA all the time, and usually what happens is that those guys end up kind of dwindling out and we forget about them because they can't really break in after they have injuries. But there's a few that get an opportunity and they're able to come back from it. And obviously Golden State's had a lot of trouble this season. They're really injury-depleted with their stars which is giving an opportunity to a lot of different guys. And Alec Burks is one of the ones that's getting an opportunity. And he's, you know, surprisingly in his uh, ninth year is averaging career highs for them right now. So it's really nice to see him get a little bit of run and have success with it. So I want to ask you kind of an open-ended question about this Jazz team, but here's why. Because you you have an extensive NBA background and basketball background, for that matter, and you got here to town to cover the Jazz at almost the exact time of the turnaround, where the start of the season was a little hit and miss, and things started to come together, and it almost coincided exactly with you uh, coming and covering the beat. So with somebody who has fresh eyes from that period on, and I do realize that, uh, and I love following it on Twitter that you went back and watched every second of jazz basketball, but being close to the team, interviewing after the locker room, coming in when you did, what is going right for this team? Well, first of all, you're welcome for all the jazz wins. You're right. That happened when I came to town. <laughs> um, but I guess what I've really seen since I've got here is a team that had a lot of new guys that settled into the season. And I know it's probably not great to really simplify it and in that sort of a way, but that's what happens. And I try to tell fans as much as I can, you know, don't overreact to each win or loss because that you're not going to overreact to their greatest night on the court or their worst night on the court, because that doesn't tell the whole story. And so even the best teams in the league, they're going to have bad losses. They're going to lose against bad teams. And even the worst teams in the league are going to get lucky and beat some of the better teams each season. And eventually in the middle, everything shakes out and you see who the real cream of the crop is. And I think that's what we're seeing is that the Jazz kind of you know, shook out all the dirt from the rug and now we're seeing what they're really capable of. I know he is not entirely responsible for the bench's success, but what has Jordan Clarkson brought to this team? Yeah, it's so crazy because 
I don't think anyone around the league expected for Jordan Clarkson to come on the team and start scoring, you know, 20 off the bench right away in his first couple of nights. But, you know, that is Jordan Clarkson's MO, though. He's a scorer. And so we knew that he was capable of it, and he's fitting in really seamlessly with this team. I I think it helps that you've got so many playmakers on the team, and so for him to be able to get open and make cuts, and he's really good at doing that. And then he's also very good off the dribble himself. I think it's a really good spot for him, and it, what a blessing that that trade turned out to be for the Jazz. Let's talk a little bit about Mike Conley and uh, bringing him back into the rotation. First of all, do you get any feel uh, about you know kind of how long he'll be limited or when he'll uh, come back into the starting lineup and, and what attitude he's approaching that situation with? Uh, he's you know approaching it as you would expect a seasoned veteran to approach something like that. I mean, he really wants to come back and push it, but he understands that he needs to be cautious. I don't think the Jazz are going to want to speed that up at all because you know the less that you can play him and risk any aggravating re-aggravating any injury and also you know holding him back and having him fresh and have fresh legs for the playoffs that's that's great that's great for everyone uh, especially Mike um, I don't think it's going to take too long to really reintegrate him he I think he had a really good opportunity to kind of watch the team as they were folding into form and that lets him see, okay, this is where this guy likes to get to his spots. That's the, that's the direction that Joe likes to come off a Rudy screen. or you know, And he's able to see how the team functions and then where he can pick his spots. I think there's a lot of people that think, you know, how is this going to work with Conley? There's so many guys that need the ball in their hands. And is he going to be okay with playing second fiddle to a Donovan or a Rudy? But on the other side of that coin is – what a luxury for Mike Conley that he doesn't have to be the guy that's initiating everything all the time. And instead, he can use his talents to impact the game in other ways, which he's absolutely capable of doing. So in case you hadn't noticed, Sarah, Salt Lake is is unique. And not everybody knows about us, and certainly not everybody in the NBA community knows uh, about everything about what goes on here. And if you remember your NBA history, there are certain players like Ronnie Cycli or Derek Harper that uh, said, you go play in Salt Lake City. So you, I'm sure you've discovered this, but we're, we're a little bit sensitive about that sort of thing. And with that in mind, what, do you th- what message do you think it sends to the rest of the league where Royce O'Neal can come in after playing a couple years overseas, play his way onto the roster, play his way into the rotation, into a big time role, and get rewarded with a with a four year deal. Do you think that sends a you know a positive message about the organization? If you if you have your mind in the right place and you come and you work hard, you're going to be rewarded. Absolutely, and there's I think the Jazz already have a great reputation for development and sticking with guys and turning guys into successful players. I think with the Royce situation, kind of a bigger statement is that he did sign the extension, just that that fact, because he could have made more money if he'd waited to go into the free agent market. Even as a restricted free agent, he could have forced the Jazz's hand to match. But I think that the reason that they signed the extension is because Royce is really happy with the fit, and he he likes playing for the Jazz. He likes being in Utah, and I think that sends a bigger message that he actually made the midseason contract agreement. 
Sarah Todd is with us. She covers the Jazz for the Deseret News. Uh, coming up in this next stretch of games, Sarah, they've got Dallas twice, they've got Houston twice, they've got Denver twice, and sandwiched in between, in between are games like San Antonio and Portland, which are certainly you know far from gimmies. Coming through this next stretch over the next two and a half weeks, what are we really going to learn about this team, and what do you think is fair to expect? I think we're going to learn a lot about uh, what the Jazz look like against better defenses. Um, they've ha- they've had a lot of luck with that middle pick and roll with Joe and Rudy and, you know, m- movement that creates those open corner shots. But when you're playing against a better defense that maybe is better at reading a scouting report and game planning, they're going to be prepared more for that and ready to defend those things. And so how the Jazz react to that is one of the most interesting things I think moving forward. As you said, the schedule is really tough over the next couple weeks, but even more than that, the schedule is very tough through the rest of the season. They only have two, three-game stretches from now until the end of the season where it's just sub-500 teams. They've got one the end of February, beginning of March, that's Wizards, Cavs, Knicks, and then they've got one, I think, at the beginning of April that's like Bulls, Cavs, Hawks, and Outside of those three-game stretches, from now until the end of the season, it is either every game or every other game against a potential playoff team. And so it's a rough schedule, but I think that, you know, that could be used as a proving ground because if they can make it through that and work through the kinks that are going to show themselves and the weaknesses that are going to maybe be exploited by these teams, then that's really going to send a big statement, and then they're going to be playing possibly at their best right as the season ends. Has anything surprised you about the beat or the team thus far? Uh, just getting to know the guys' games, um, having not watched them, you know, 82 games a year when I was in my other NBA stops, I'm I'm shocked at how good Boyan Bogdanovich is. It is insane how good of a scorer he is and how it looks really easy. And there'll be nights where, you know, many of the writers were sitting there and, it's, it's like we look down for a quarter and we look up and it's like, wait, Boyan has 26 points. When did that even happen? It's like he very quietly and very sneakily just gets his every night. And it, it's just impressive. I, I can't believe that Indiana was even willing to let him go. <laughs> um, and outside of they impressed me, the fact that there's guys that actually play transition defense and – um, I'm continually impl- impressed by Rudy. I knew from you know the last few years how great he was at defense, but being able to watch it night in and night out, and I'm I'm a big fan of defense. It's my favorite part of the game, and so when I watch these guys and their footwork, or when Royce gets down in a low stance when a guy comes across half court, I'm like, yeah, that's that's the way you play. Get down in a stance because it always upsets me when I see guys that are kind of lauded as defensive players, but then they don't even get down low. I'm like, oh, come on, man. You're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, Sarah, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. First and foremost, thank you so much. Really have enjoyed your work, and in particular, your work on uh, Joe Ingles and the efforts with the with the wildfires I thought was terrific, especially given your history with a, with a similar situation. I thought that was great. So I truly mean it. Keep up the good work, and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot for the high praise. Appreciate it, Sarah.
All right, there you go. That is uh, Sarah Todd from the Deseret News. Uh, you can check her out on Twitter. A very uh, good follow at uh, NBA Sarah at NBA Sarah on Twitter, and of course keep uh, keep an eye out for her work at Deseret.com. Okay, we will have more coming up right around the corner. It is the big show. Don't forget, David Locke is going to be on the show at the top of the five o'clock hour. Dave uh, Dave Southorn is going to be on the top uh, on the show at the top of the four o'clock hour. It's all straight ahead right here on 97.5 and. 20. 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Tough night last night with Kansas and Kansas State. Now, there was a moment of brevity, for me at least. (laughs) They finally get it under control. The first crack we hear over the PA system, Kansas wins, that means free appetizers at such and such restaurant this weekend. (laughs) It would have been even worse if he had said, Kansas wins! (laughs) Starts playing the Mike Tyson's punch out music. (laughs) Hey, fans. Thank you for joining us for this evening's game to watch a full-on brawl. (laughs) Join us Friday night when your Jayhawks face Iowa State. (laughs) He started it! (laughs) Take your ticket stub and get a free appetizer. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Remind, want to remind you about our friends at Ken Garf Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. Buy your next car at Ken Garf West Valley Used Cars. Now with more than 600 used vehicles in stock, they have Utah's largest pre-owned inventory in one location. Stop by and see them today. You happy with your band choice? Yeah, I'm stoked about it. Just creep, Austin. Yeah. Just creeps. That's all. All right. What? No, it's, you, it's your got, choice. You've got something to say? I don't want to be Gordon. I don't want to poo-poo every band that you uh, that you choose. So, I appreciate that. I told you it was going to be a bad band, but it does remind me of my youth. And you know what? I I I complain that they're bad, but as a, during that break, I was singing their songs. All right, yeah. that's my guy. There you go. You know what you always get from Austin? Honesty. Like Nickelback, they're terrible, but you know their songs. I don't know if I would know many of yes, their songs. Yes, you would. Like, see, I, see I stopped, this is like when people pretend to not know the Kardashians. Everybody knows. Okay, this is funny. Never seen an episode of that show. But, but you I am can a, name them. I am aware of their presence, yes. <laughs> just as I'm aware of, of Nickelback and what a huge deal they are, I understand. It's just, I stopped, I heard Scotty talking about this the other day. I, I stopped paying attention to new music like, oh, four, and then it was just <laughs> over. Maybe oh, three. 
And it's just, it was like, you know what? I'm going to stop trying. I like what I like. I got it. You know it. when music was really good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> music in the 90s was not terrific. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. Not to say that there wasn't any good music in the 90s, because there was. But it's not like you, you think of the 60s, right? And you think of this just revolutionary musical period. That was not the 90s. That was not that was not the 90s. No, nope. you learned four chords and you had a couple friends and you were a hip band and in the 90s. And it felt like really corporate, right? And they were just figuring out auto-tuning and those sorts of things so you could make people who couldn't really sing like TLC sound like they could sing maybe TLC. No, not maybe. And it, look it up. It, you know, like the whole boy band thing, it's, it doesn't that feel like some sort of corporation going out and let's say let, let's find five good-looking not necessarily but maybe young men because that Fatone guy, wasn't he like 45 when he was in, in Yeah, he was in the band because he had a driver's license, yeah. and the other ones couldn't drive. So, Okay, I want to set this up real quick, because we've got an interview coming up next at the uh, top of the 4 o'clock hour. Dave Southorn is going to be on the show. Uh, he covers Boise State for The Athletic. Uh, there is a lot going down. There is a lot to chew on with this in, in the Mountain West Conference, which, of course, uh, directly affects Utah State. And, you know, BYU fans are at least paying attention to what's going on uh, in the Mountain West Conference if that becomes an option for that university for whatever reason in the future. I certainly get it. But just a quick, brief reset so we're prepared for Dave. When Boise State left to go to the Big East back in 2012, that kind of fell apart. And the Mountain West said to Boise, said, hey, come back and we're going to give you some love. All right, we're going to give you the rights to your own home games for football, and then you'll get a little extra than everybody else, and you'll be back in the league, and we're going to move on and have a good time. All right? Boise signed a contract with the league, stipulating that basically at that point in time. That stood until 2016 when they had a slight renegotiation to make it so they just got a flat $1.8 million a year. So instead of selling all their home games independently, they basically said, hey, let's let's not bother with that and just do, and from what I understand, and we'll ask Dave about this, we'll just do a flat $1.8 million a year. Well, the, the Mountain West renegotiated or negotiated their new TV deal. They signed it. And at the meeting that they signed it, they basically, the board of directors or the presidents voted that Boise State no longer gets that $1.8 million to be phased out after six years, basically after the length of this contract. Well, Boise now is bent out of shape because, you know, they like making extra and uh, they're suing the Mountain West Conference in in uh, court in Idaho, and they want, a, they want a jury trial too. How about that? Yeah. In Idaho, that'll be a fair in trial. Idaho, right. That'll that'll be fair. I don't see any need to move this <laughs> trial out of Boise. But pardon my my Boise State jersey underneath this judge's robe <laughs> it's, here. It's got a you know? Boise State gavel, <laughs> right? So it'll be interesting to to see how this plays out. Well, we'll get Dave's take on it. I think Boise has a really strong legal argument for this, actually. Uh, but my overall opinion is have the the. The schools, the universities around the Mountain West Conference learned absolutely nothing over the past 50 years. Because remember, this was the big problem with Utah and BYU. The rest of the schools were jealous of mainly BYU, but throw Utah in there too because they were in a bigger market. Uh, And so they would always try to scheme to make it equal, 
you know, as opposed to, oh, BYU gets this preferential treatment. And it's eventually what caused BYU to form the Mountain West Conference in the first place with Utah, New Mexico, UNLV, I mean, uh, all those original, Wyoming, uh, San Diego State, those those original schools. That's the whole reason they left is because these smaller schools won't shut up and we're making all the money here, right? And so now in the Mountain West, these smaller schools are going, oh, we need equality. Whereas Boise, the bell cow is going, we're making the money. And they did. They brought Fox to the table. It was Boise had a seat at the negotiating table. And now the rest of the schools are like, nah, not so fast. So we're going to ba- we're going to ask Dave about this coming up next. Stay tuned. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. I don't think that there's a time since maybe 97, 98 where I look at a team and say a championship is within reach. And I know we want to be really careful about talking about that. And I get that. But I think it's time we start allowing that to be part of the conversation because sometimes when we address this team, we talk about this is a team that could make it to the Western Conference Finals. Well, I think it's okay to talk about making it to the NBA Finals. I don't think we need to be scared about talking about that. And I'm not saying that, you know, if they don't make it to the NBA finals it's a disappointment but i think it's also okay to say you know what this is a team capable of doing that would i pick the jazz to beat the lakers in a seven game series i don't know but the fact that i don't know right now means that the jazz have a pretty good chance catch hands and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network